Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromycel technology. With more screen usage and indoor time, myopia, also known as nearsightedness, is increasing and getting worse in children. Now, certified eye doctors can prescribe MySight one day, the first and only FDA-approved soft contact lens to slow myopia progression in age-appropriate children. Visit coopervision.com to find a Brilliant Futures certified eye doctor near you. Do your patients know what presbyopia is? There are people who are afraid of the press. Have you talked to your patients about multifocal contact lenses? I've heard the bifocal, but not right, multifocal. Exactly. Do you need help with your multifocal strategy? Learn more at the conclusion of this episode. The All Eyes Visual VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. Good morning, I'm Dr. Kerry Gelb, and welcome to Open Your Eyes Radio. Please listen as I discuss the newest information in the world of health, nutrition, and sports every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Central Time on AM 1280, The Patriot. Also, please share your thoughts by emailing me at drkerrygelb at gmail.com. That's D-R-K-E-R-R-Y-G-E-L-B at gmail.com. Antioxidants are substances that protect you against chronic disease, including heart disease, cancer, and cataracts. Today's guest, Dr. Gail Clayton, has dedicated her life to curing the uncurable. For many of her patients, she is their practitioner of last resort. Dr. Clayton is a pharmacist and certified nutrition specialist with a doctorate in clinical nutrition. Gail is in private practice by telemedicine. Gail also teaches classes to the public and lectures to physicians. Gail, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Dr. Carrie Gale. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. You know, it's funny because I know a lot of medical doctors refer patients to you because you're like the real life Dr. House. How does it feel to be that type of practitioner? Well, I've, I've not even thought about Dr. House since it was on TV series. I've never really thought about what I'm doing is what Dr. House was doing, but it actually is. And when you said that, I'm like, oh, I really am a Dr. House because I want to get to the root of the problem. People come to me with all kinds of mystery illnesses or chronic illness, disease, autoimmune, weird neurological symptoms, you know, crazy digestive uh, issues that are just ruining and running their life. And, um, and, 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 and I developed the skills through all my training, I'm, you know, all the conventional training through pharmacy and, and nutrition. 
to find, you know, look for what are all the drivers? What are the triggers? What, what sets you up for this? And are you still doing, eating, drinking, being exposed to and taking medicines or supplements that's actually driving the bus? And, you know, so I come up with, I, I study my, my new clients data for an hour or two hours, looking at everything. And the very first thing I want to do is remove anything that's driving the bus. So let's talk about that. What are some of the things that we should remove? I mean, <clears throat> things simple as soda and grains, people could lose 10 pounds or 20 pounds just by removing those, removing that. Right. And, and, you know, even before grains, the sodas is so bad, what, what, whether it's a diet soda or a, um, a sugar soda, because, you know, what's in these sodas are so toxic and, and especially neurologically and people don't realize. So if you're drinking a sugar soda, it's not like glucose, like, you know, we, we used to get back in the 60s that had real pure cane sugar what we're getting is a high fructose corn syrup and that's metabolized very differently. And our, our liver and our brain only uses pure glucose for energy. So what happens is the fructose is actually um, using up the enzymes that metabolize that and, and it's causing a hypoglycemia of the liver and a hypoglycemia of the brain. So when the brain is lacking in its fuel supply, it gets hyper excited. So then you get anxiety, you get aggressive behavior, reactive hypoglycemia, problems sleeping, and you just can't even think straight. And, and if you're drinking a diet soda, that's just as bad because the artificial sweeteners and aspartame is metabolized to some very toxic substances. One thing is it's metabolized to formaldehyde and formaldehyde, you know, one soda, the amount of formaldehyde that's metabolized to is, is greater than what the EPA states is, is being safe for exposure. And, and how about, so, yeah, how about I'm sorry. No, sucralose or stevia as an artificial sweetener. Is that any better? Well, sucralose, no, because sucralose is actually damaging to the microbiome in the gut, but stevia is a natural, uh, and monk, stevia and monk fruit are, are natural sweeteners, but even then, when we, when we take in a sweetener, the, the tongue sends a signal, the, 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 um, the taste buds sends a signal to the brain that something sweet is coming in, and so the brain is sending a signal to release insulin for that massive glucose intake and it mops up the blood glucose so then you may end up having uh insulin and glucose you know uh, going really high and really low and then that is what causes food cravings so the goal is to get rid of food cravings is to um keep your blood glucose and your insulin in a very tight range and very stable and you know when i work with my my clients and you know i get them off of all of these sweeteners and sugars and and you know get a really balanced diet which almost nobody knows what that means or how to accomplish that they're just like oh my gosh i lost 10 or 20 pounds 
and I'm not even hungry. I don't, I don't have any food cravings. I don't even want to eat. And so that's the, the, the miracle part of working as a nutritionist and cleaning up people's diets. A lot of people have food cravings at night. You know, they might not eat a lot during the day, but at night they get so hungry. Why is that? And what could be done about that? Well, you want to look at what you're eating at dinner. You know, if you have a high carbohydrate uh, meal, then usually 90 minutes later, you know, the body will secrete excessive insulin and, and, and cause a blood sugar drop. Okay. That's one thing that could be happening. And then another thing is, is emotional. A lot, like if you have a lot of stress during the day and stressful jobs, stressful family, and maybe a lot of trauma in your past that has not been resolved in the evenings, when we start to kind of wind down, we have this like addiction to excitement and in like this nervous energy. And sometimes we just don't know what to do with that. And then food has always been a, a self-comfort thing. And then we just kind of go to that. So one thing you can do is, you know, cut out, cut down or cut out the grains and the high glycemic foods at dinner and basically eat more of a paleo type dinner. And, um, and then you, you know, include some stress reduction strategies. You know, there's things like tapping, you know, meditation, prayer, walking, you know, out in the woods, going for a long walk and, and things like that, lowering the stress from the day. And you talk about high glycemic foods. Explain what high glycemic foods are for people that are not sure about that. Well, anything that's processed is, is a high glycemic food thing, um, you know, like processed grains. If you're going to eat grains, you want to make sure they're whole grains. Um, sugar, um, potatoes are high glycemic, but yet sweet potatoes are low glycemic. And then there's high glycemic fruits like um like grapes and watermelon are, are high glycemic. So you want to keep, keep your, your glycemic load at a minimum. And you do that by having a well-rounded meal, have plenty of good fats, healthy fats, and, you know, try to get your, your carbohydrates mainly from vegetables. And then your, the carbohydrate vegetables um, that help keep you satisfied is like sweet potatoes and squashes and and vegetables and uh, low glycemic fruits would be like apples and grapefruits and, and some berries. So high glycemic is really things that turn into sugar uh, pretty quickly. So Correct. we, we, we want to try to avoid that and processed foods, you know, you didn't mention insulin. We're coming up to the break, but and quickly, why is insulin bad if the insulin is too high in the body? Well, insulin is pro-inflammatory. And typically when we were eating high glycemic foods, then we, we overshoot the amount of insulin that we, that we need. And within 90 minutes, it's mopped up the glucose so low, then it, then it, it drops below a certain threshold. And then the, the brain gets excited and, and says, oh no, I need more glucose. And so it commands you to go to the refrigerator and eat, you know, whatever junk food you can find, even though mentally and psychologically you know that those aren't good things to eat but but the craving is so much that you 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 just keep going now 
a big buzzword is insulin resistance. Now, as we as you explain what insulin resistance is, is it true that your insulin could be high for a long period of time, way before your blood sugar goes up, before somebody becomes an official diabetic? That's true. Um, so you want to be very, very careful of, 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 of higher insulin. So when the insulin is too high, I look at it probably different than physicians look at it. In my mind, I'm thinking there's something wrong with the receptors because the insulin's job is to take the glucose and bring it inside the cell. Now, that mean, that, then, then that means that there's something wrong with the cell membrane. And that's one thing I really, really focus on in all chronic illness and disease is the health of the membrane of the cell. So when the cell membranes are damaged, all those receptors and, and nutrients getting in and, and toxins getting out of the cell are going to have are going to be have a, a lot harder time and so that is a big precipitant of insulin resistance where the cell membranes are very in, are, are damaged and the insulin is having a hard time pulling the glucose inside the cell so to me when i look at that i think of it as an early sign of cell membrane damage and what can we do to protect our cell membrane well well, one thing you want to stop eating, doing, drinking, being exposed to things that damage it, like all, all the free radicals um, that are caused by by chemicals. You know, you want to you want to decrease your toxic load uh, and exposure to chemicals. I mean, I mean, most of us put on all kind of toxic perfumes and use toxic products in our house and and we don't even realize and we're, we don't really feel the effects until we've depleted the antioxidants the antioxidants are what goes around and and mops up all of the toxins and helps us, our body gets rid of it and um and so the very first step is is reduce your exposure to things like chemicals cigarette smoking air plug-in air fresheners and you want to remove the foods that are causing damage to the cell and make sure your diet is well balanced because the cell membrane needs a balance of uh, healthy fats, healthy carbohydrates and, and, and polyphenols and fat soluble vitamins to protect it. Something I wanted to ask you, and a lot of physicians, you know, ponder this question, you know, patients come in and a lot of times their blood sugar is very high in, in the morning. They have something called gluconeogenesis. So their liver is producing glucose. And when we don't really know why and how to calm that down. So if you have a patient who has fairly decent blood sugar during the day, I mean, they are diabetic, but they have, they're not too bad during the day, but they wake up with very high blood sugar and they're going to bed and they're trying fasting and, they can't figure out what to do to lower the blood sugar in the morning. Do you have any tricks when it comes to lowering the blood sugar early in the morning from the liver making all this glucose? Because the liver is getting a signal that the body needs this glucose, but it's overproducing it. Okay. So in order to understand what's causing this gluconeogenesis, you really have to understand the, the, the mechanism that regulates 
glycolysis, which is the breakdown of glucose, and then gluconeogenesis, which is the body's building up of, you know, making glucose. And there's a balance. And the, the balance of that is the mitochondria, okay, and the generation of ATP, which is energy. So when the energy of the cell is high, then it's going to make it, it, um, it's going to stimulate that uh, gluconeogenesis pathway. And, and, um, and when the energy of the cell is low, it's glycolysis is going to prevail. And so what's happening is that the, the, the mitochondria, when it's, when it's stressed and it doesn't have enough antioxidants or the nutrients that run the mitochondria will send the ATP out of the cell and the mitochondria will shut down and stop making ATP. So now you've got excess ATP floating around in the cytosol of the, you know, inside the cell, but outside the mitochondria. And that will stimulate gluconeogenesis and cause the blood glucose to go high. And so you wanna like, focus on, okay, well, what is causing the mitochondria to kind of contract and go into this self-preservation mode? And the, the main things that cause it is a imbalance of osmolarity of the cell, electrolytes, minerals, and also NAD, which NAD is basically a form of niacin. And so making sure that, that we have enough electrolytes and minerals. Those, that's one of the first things that I kind of assess in a chronically ill patient is uh, the electrolyte status and osmolarity. Even when you're measuring it in conventional labs, it's not even going to show up. I, I think just taking professional, a professional brand of electrolytes can really help take the stress off of the cell and help improve osmolarity. That's the pressure of what's of inside the cell and outside of the cell, that pressure. And that will take an enormous burden off of the cell membrane and off of the mitochondria. And with the electrolytes is like sodium, potassium, magnesium. And that will help improve the, the energy preservation of the cell. And so that's a really easy approach, but there's a lot of things that can cause the mitochondria to retract. Um, it could be a pathogen burden, it could be poor digestion, uh, bacteria, yeast overgrowth, or other toxins in the body. And electrolytes, where can you buy electrolytes? How much do you take? And how do you, how do you take electrolytes? Um, well, there, there really isn't a, a, a true guide on how to take electrolytes. You can buy them anywhere, but uh, I like uh, getting professional, professional brands electrolytes by some of the professional pharmaceutical, uh, nutraceutical companies. And um, I have people listen to their body because if you need, if your body needs electrolytes and you take it, then, then it's almost like a craving for it. Okay. And um, so when I'm working outside in the summer here in Texas in my little <clears throat> country home, I, and I'm sweating a lot, sometimes I'll drink electrolytes three or four times a day. But I typically like to have a glass of electrolytes every morning. And that just gives like a burst of energy because the whole brain is electrical. 
and 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 so the electrolytes and the mineral minerals work on those electrical circuits. So brain fog is a, is a good indication that you know those electrical circuits are misfiring. Maybe they don't have the right osmolarity or the right electrolytes present to work properly. Is coconut water enough to get electrolytes if you drink coconut water? Um, probably not. I mean, it's it's a good alternative to sodas, but it's very high in sugar. But it's not a, a, a damaging sugar like you know the the sodas. And um, but probably for somebody that I'm working with, coconut water is not enough, but like to give to kids as a drink is probably, you know, just fine. But if you're having some neurological issues, brain fog, problem sleeping, then I'm going to move to a professional electrolyte that has, you know, some, some good, good amount of sodium, potassium, magnesium, and even some trace minerals. It may even have things in it like quercetin and uh, things to kind of help calm the, the nervous system and help improve energy production in the mitochondria. We're talking with Dr. Gail Clayton, uh, doctor in clinical nutrition. She's giving us some great tips. Uh, what do you think about those Powerades and Gatorades and all those colored drinks that the kids that play sports drink nonstop? Oh, they make me cringe. They scare, <laughs> they scare me. Uh, stay away from them. They're, they're, they're not healthy. They upregulate the, the, the neurotransmitter pathway and create all kinds of uh, free radicals and issues in the body that, uh, you know, you can, even if you just go to your local uh, pharmacy and pick up some type of electrolyte packets, I would rather you do that than get these prepackaged drinks like the Monster Drink and, and Red Bull. Those are very, very um, uh, toxic in my opinion. I would never, I've actually never drank one, but it, it kind of scares me to see people drinking it and really messing up their electrolytes and, and their energy homeostasis, their glucose control. Um, it's just not a healthy thing to do. We're talking with Dr. Gail Clayton. Uh, Gail, can you tell us a little bit, you mentioned paleo diet. What's the paleo diet and uh, that, and why do you recommend paleo diet? You know, we're up against a break. We got about a minute left and then we'll come back. Okay. We get it started with that. Well, well, when somebody comes to me with chronic illness, the very first thing I do is start an elimination diet. And I actually start them on a, an autoimmune paleo diet, which removes the top eight categories of food that cause 80% of the inflammation in our body and let the immune system kind of swing back into the homeostasis. And then I after a few weeks of that and giving them some things to kind of help improve digestion, kill off overgrowth, then we start adding some things back in and move more towards a paleo, which basically is cutting out um, simple carbohydrates, grains, and mostly meats, vegetables, and some fruits. Hold your thought right there. We're up against the break. This is Dr. Kerry Gell for Open Your Eyes Radio. We're speaking with Dr. Gail Clayton at drgailclayton.com. We'll be right back. MacuHealth, your science-born and tested solutions for visual performance, macular degeneration, and dry eye syndrome. New products coming soon. Embrace the science. The All Eyes Visual VRP 
is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. We're back with Dr. Gail Clayton. I'm Dr. Kerry Gale for AM 1280, The Patriot on Open Your Eyes Radio. Before the break, we started on the paleo diet. Dr. Clayton recommends the paleo diet when she gets some of her patients that are ill. Uh, Dr. Clayton, explain to us what the paleo diet is and why you recommend it. Well, the paleo diet is basically uh, high quality meats and, and fish and um, vegetables and a good variety of vegetables. Most people don't realize we need five to seven servings of vegetables daily just to have healthy digestion and, and to be healthy and stay healthy. And hardly anybody does that. And then uh, it also includes some uh, some fruits as well. And the paleo diet excludes all the processed foods and, and grains and, and beans. Um, and the paleo diet can, is, is quite healthy. The one thing that paleo diet does is it really helps to stabilize blood glucose and blood sugar in the body, which then helps st stabilize your mood, the energy for the brain and helps prevent fatty liver and just uh, overall provides all the nutrients that our body needs in a very dense diet. Lauren Cordain, who wrote The Paleo Diet, actually went to optometry school for one year. And uh, I don't know if you know Lauren Cordain, but he's the one that started, that got The Paleo Diet pretty famous. So you also uh, a big proponent of herbal teas, hibiscus, uh, teas. Tell us about the teas that you recommend, why you recommend, what they do for us. Well, teas are, are a very good source of polyphenols. And, and polyphenols are a major source of antioxidants for in the body and, 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 and provide a variety of antioxidants. And, and when, as, when it comes to antioxidants, you don't want to just take one, like some people say, oh yeah, I'll just take vitamin C because antioxidants work together, they work synergistically. And when you're drinking teas, it provides all kinds of, of antioxidants and flavones and polyphenols. And they are metabolized, they're not absorbed very well in the body, but they're food for our microbiome. And people don't realize that we have about three to six pounds of bacteria that live in our gut and they talk to our nervous system, they talk to our immune system, and they make nutrients for us, they eat those polyphenols, and they grow out to very diverse. And each one of those little bugs in our gut like a different polyphenol, they don't all like to eat the same thing. And so uh, we want a very diverse um, polyphenol intake. And that's one thing that I'm looking for when I'm looking at somebody's diet. I'm, I have them fill out a three-day diet questionnaire and I'm like looking at, at, at what they're eating and, and, and are they getting enough polyphenols, proteins, what kind of carbohydrates, what are they doing that's bad and what are they doing that's really good. And so you want a very diverse intake of polyphenols and polyphenols are in brightly covered fruits and vegetables, teas, herbs, and spices. 
And one thing that I, that I do when I tell a lot of my clients to do is go to the store and buy 20 different herbs that you see, you know, organic herbs and get, have a mason jar next to your stove and, and empty them all in there and shake it up and put a tablespoon on everything you eat. So you're getting like 20 different sources. They help modulate our immune system. They down-regulate the autoimmune pathway. They, they're basically the gatekeepers for our digestive uh, and, and, and immune and, and, and nervous system. They help support our innate immune system that goes after and kills pathogens before they have a chance to get in the cell. So it's a very, very healthy thing to include and provide massive antioxidant support for our digestive system and our whole body. Well, wow, that's a great tip. You talk about purple onion soaked in honey. And how, how is that helpful? Well, purple onion, onions are very high in a substance called quercetin. And quercetin is known as nature's antihistamine. Okay. And then when you combine it and, you know, you want to use raw local honey, don't go to Costco and buy those big, massive things of honey. Try to find somebody, a local uh, beekeeper and buy honey. And, you know, I have people chop up that purple onion and put it in a jar and pour raw local honey over it and have a teaspoon a day. And uh, honestly, within two weeks, your environmental allergies are uh, eliminated. Um, so the quercetin combined with what the bees are making, it's almost like a probiotic, help restore uh, any kind of impairment to our microbiome. And, and it works in conjunction with our immune system to help modify the immune system to go back into balance. So anytime somebody has environmental allergies, I mean, it's so rampant in our, in our, in our culture that people think it's just normal. Oh, it's just environment. And they just dismiss it. Oh, it's just allergies, a seasonal allergy, but that's not normal. It's not normal to have seasonal allergies. And that is a reflection of a disrupted microbiome and disrupted immune response. Most of our immune system resides in our gut. And it's there because it's supposed to sample all the pathogens that come in on our food and decide, you know, what, what is food and what is not as food and then go, go have a massive immune response to kill whatever comes in our body that, you know, that we eat. And um, so something is disrupted if you have environmental allergies and, and we can restore that and sometimes completely eliminate allergies by diet changes and fixing what's going wrong with digestion. So you take the purple onion, you soak it in honey and you chop it up and you take like a teaspoon of it every day. That's what, how you had to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I want to ask you about Manuka honey. Is Manuka honey better or is it really just a gimmick uh, about Manuka honey? No, it's not a gimmick. It actually has many medicinal properties. It's very expensive. Um, you know, so when I buy it, I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to use a quarter teaspoon in my tea here because, uh, you know, it's so expensive. <laughs> but Manuka honey, I mean, I've had clients that we've actually used it topically on wounds to 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 uh, to heal wounds and uh, it's great topically for as an antibiotic and help and it, it works as a really good antioxidant and um and and probiotic for our gut it's very very healthy 
you know, you mentioned that I have a friend of mine who had shoulder surgery and he, and the, at the, at the wound where there were the stitches, they couldn't heal it. It was infected for about two months. They tried all different type of antibiotics. And then he put Manuka honey on it with a little bit and he made a paste of probiotics. And believe it or not, it was better in one day. I believe it. You know, there's some, there's some other tips that I, I use for topical wounds that won't heal. Number one, and you can get these devices on Amazon is a topical red light device that will cure a wound overnight. The UV light that typically you want to get one that has red and blue light and you, and you shine it on it. It improves the energy of the cell and it increases the the uh, the immune response and and the UV light basically kills pathogens and um, and then another thing you can make a paste with niacinamide you can you know they're cheap capsules you can get them at Walmart or whatever open up the capsule and make a little paste with the niacin the niacinamide and apply it topically and niacin is works to increase energy production in the mitochondria, but it also provides the NAD to make what we call NADPH oxidase that causes the little oxidative bursts that our innate immune system uses to kill pathogen. And it also is the backbone for recycling glutathione, the body's major antioxidant. So you're you're working to support all of these mechanisms with ni- just niacin. You can buy a, a bottle of a hundred of them for less than ten bucks. So for like ten cents, you can make a little paste and apply it topically, and and it will 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 kill a, a staph infection easily. You talked about the the red blue light that you could get on Amazon. There's, they have them at many different prices. How much do you have to spend to get one of those devices that's good that you feel is good enough? Well, what I look for is the wavelength of red light and blue light. Okay, so the UV light it, it basically is a blue light, and um, but what when you're looking at red light. The red light that improves circulation, it goes from like 630 to about 680 wavelength. And then the red light that improves the energy production is typically around 810. So if if it doesn't say on there what the wavelength is of the light, then, you know, keep searching. Find one that that, that states what the red light uh, um uh, wavelength is so I bought one for oral use and it helps improve the you know uh, the gums tissues and it whitens your teeth and everything and I, I think I paid like 50 bucks for it or something but it has the the red light and the blue light um, combined and then I have a topical one that anytime I something's going on or something hurts in the body I apply it to and uh, they work very very well I was very surprised that niacin could be used to help people when they have when they're sick. So when you have a viral infection, what are some of the things that we could do? And what do you do for yourself when you have a viral, you get a cold or maybe a little flu or some other type of, of viral infection? Thanks, Dr. Carey. That's a good question. So uh, when when I think of viruses. The very first I think first thing I think is the innate immune system is not working that well. 
And so I want to support the innate immune system. There are some things that, that actually work to actually kill the viruses. And those are uh, the, my number one viral, like that just basically will act like an antiviral and actually kill it is called endographis. And you can get it anywhere. Um, there's a lot of companies that make it. It's an herb and it has fantastic antiviral properties. So like if somebody's having a herpes outbreak or shingles, those are all uh, viruses or just have chronically high viral titers. I always want to make sure that they're doing that. But when I'm getting sick and let's say I'm coming down with something and you know, when you're coming down with a virus, you start feeling very fatigued and body aches. And that's because the immune system is stealing the energy from the mitochondria in order to, to go and kill pathogen. And that energy reserve is NAD. Okay. NAD is basically niacin. And then it's also stealing energy from the antioxidant recycling pathway. And that is also NAD, but it's an NADPH. So it's making NADPH oxidase that goes after viruses. So to prevent that energy steal and the antioxidant pathway steal, I take niacin, niacinamide. And it's really interesting that um, I read a study one time about using niacinamide for MRSA in mice. And so what they did is they infected 50 mice with MRSA. And if you know anything about MRSA sepsis, it basically has a very high mortality rate. Then they, they gave them high doses of niacinamide and every single mouse within four hours was cured of MRSA. And so I'm like, well, so I looked at the dose they use and I calculated it to what a human dose would be. And that it's equal to about 70 milligrams per kilo, which ends up to be about 5,000 milligrams of, of niacin. And that's what we used to use for cholesterol before they came out with the expensive drugs that they can make a lot of money on. We used to use niacin for controlling cholesterol. And so when I'm getting sick or some of my clients are coming down with stuff, I have them just start taking like niacinamide, 500 milligrams, maybe four times a day for the first couple of days to help support energy and to help support the immune system to go after pathogen. And usually like the next day I'm well. Let me interrupt you just for a second, because we have to make a, a, a distinction between niacin, which you get that a severe flush. I mean, you could get a flush from 100 milligrams uh, versus oh, yeah. niacinamide. And niacinamide, you don't get a flush. Is that correct? Correct. Now, there's different forms of niacin. It comes in niacin, and that one will cause a flush. And I've actually used like niacin um, to try to figure out if you're deficient or not. Because if you're deficient, you're not going to get a flush with niacin. So you can, they, they sell like 50 milligrams of niacin tablets. And what I'll do is have somebody take 50 milligrams every 30 minutes until they get the flush. If you get a flush, you can take vitamin C and that will quickly help allevi alleviate the flush. Okay. But the, but I had a client one time, she was actually a doctor and she was uh, had Lyme. She'd been to all these Lyme doctors, Cleveland Clinic, uh, you know, all, Mayo Clinic, 
and, and, and she was sleeping 18 hours a night and was only able to work four hours a day and had to take a four hour nap in the afternoon and she just hurt all over. And, and I had, uh, we had ordered organic acid testing on her. And when I saw the results, I sent her an email and said, you need to take some niacin right away. And so she started taking it, but she was taking a lot more than I had thought it had told her to take. And so when I talked to her two weeks later, she says, yeah, I'm taking those 50 milligram tablets four times a day. I really like those pills. She says, I'm, a, I'm only taking one hour naps now and I'm only sleeping 12 hours a night. And then I said, Didn't you, did you flush with it? And she says, no. And so I said, well, take 250 milligrams every every full every every uh, hour until you flush she didn't flush for that whole day she'd taken several grams and then the next day I said take 500 milligrams every hour and finally by one o'clock she had flushed after that she was sleeping eight hours a night and no naps and she was able to get rid of most of the pain in her body so you know I use niacin sometimes to for people to have just to see if that they have a deficiency. But niacinamide doesn't is different because it doesn't control cholesterol. Okay, um, and niacinamide doesn't cause the flush, and 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 it's really good. Some people do really really well just taking niacinamide every day to help support the energy production and the immune system. And then there's people that have really high oxidative stress, like PCOS and uh, insulin resistance. And then I'll use a form of niacin called inositol that helps work as an antioxidant and improves blood flow to all the organs in the body. And it's really fantastic for PCOS and high oxidative states. Explain what PCOS is for those listening polycystic ovarian syndrome and um and it's basically women when it happens in women with it's very high oxidative stress lack of antioxidants they have difficulty in pregnancy and a lot of them end up with uh, endometriosis and difficulty getting pregnant and insulin resistance obesity and uh, masculine uh, androgen type um, hair growth on their face and, and body and we get getting back to people that are sick that are getting the flu or getting some kind of virus a cold how about vitamin c zinc drinking hot liquid yes uh, so vitamins, you know, as far as like antioxidants, you never really want to take antioxidants in singular, right? Because they, 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 they recycle each other. And, and so you want to take a broad spectrum of antibiotics, uh, uh, not antibiotics, but antioxidants, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, and, you know, polyphenols, drinking hot teas, all of these things, and, and certain, some teas have um, um, antiviral properties, like when you're coming down with a cold or flu. Echinacea tea has a lot of um, studies behind it that it de decreases the severity and decreases the, the, the um, duration of a viral illness. Uh, probably, you know, decreases it a, I don't know. I can't remember how much, but I know it shortened the duration by a couple of days, and uh, it it really pushes the innate immune system and and gets your immune system to go start go after those viruses. And how about zinc? 
zinc, there's been studies that zinc could help with a cold and, and decrease colds up to right. about 48% of the people. You need about 75 milligrams, but uh, talk about zinc. Okay, so zinc actually works at the on the cell membrane, okay? So zinc is, it, the polyphenols grab a hold of zinc and pull it inside, and then the zinc, work, the virus has to attach to these ACE2 receptors, and you heard about that with COVID. It attaches to those receptors, and then it flips on the inside. So on those receptors, zinc will sit there and block those viruses from entering the cell. That's what's so great. And if you're coming down with a cold or a respiratory, a sore throat, you want to get the lozenge, zinc lozenges, because zinc topically is a very powerful antibiotic. You want to suck on the lozenge so you have the zinc all in your mouth and all down your throat. It's much more effective than just taking zinc as a pill. When you have respiratory or sinus, that's why they they have those zinc lozenges you see at the counter, at the checkout counter a lot of times. But topically, zinc causes a vasoconstriction and it causes the cell membrane to shore up and prevent you know, bacteria and viruses from getting in. It's a very fantastic tool to use. As we end uh, part one of our show with Dr. Gail Clayton, she'll be back next week for part two. Dr. Clayton, if people want to find out more about you, how could they do that? Well, you can uh, join me on Facebook. I have a toxic mold group. It's called Toxic Mold Nutrition. And we talk about all kinds of subjects in there. Uh, you can go to my website, which is basically my name, drgailclayton.com. I also have courses on healing from mold illness at molddetoxdiet.com. I have a course for the lay people to get started if you've been suffering from toxic mold. That's one of my specialties and, um, and a course for doctors and, and practitioners on the immune response, what happens with the immune system when, when you're exposed to mold and auto, have autoimmune illness. And then I have an, a course for practitioners on interpreting organic acids, which is a very in-depth course. And it's on a website called Nutritify. N-U-T-R-I-S-H-I-F-Y.com. If you're a functional medicine doctor or a doctor that just really wants to look into uh, learning how to use organic acids, uh, I think you'll find that course very useful. Thank you, Dr. Gail Clayton. We'll be back with Dr. Clayton next week. This is Dr. Kerry Gill for Open Your Eyes Radio. Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromycel technology. Fitting multifocal contact lenses presents a big opportunity to meet patient needs while growing your practice. Alcon is your partner, not only with our innovative portfolio, but through e-learning. Learn to enhance your multifocal strategy today with the Alcon Experience Academy. The All Eyes Visual VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields 
acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. OIE Broadcasting is the emerging leader in social media. We use scientific entertainment to drive more patients into your office. Visit oiebroadcasting.com and sign up today.